Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Deuce Racing Podcast. This is already episode nine. Um, Amazing. Thanks for listening with us. Today, I have on Matt Fitzpatrick, who I'm going to keep this intro brief because Matt is so well-spoken and so interesting. Um, His unique and deep awareness for all the experiences in his life and everything that happens in his life, paired with his ability to articulate all of that, uh, is just incredible. And so I want to share with you right now what his goal is moving forward. Um, And I'm going to let Matt take it away from there. So Matt is someone who received his bachelor's degree in health science and biology from Cal State University. But recently, in May of 2020, he also received his master's in curriculum and instruction, and he is currently teaching high school science, health, physiology, and biology for Los Angeles Public Schools. And what he's really eager for is to meet and learn from others who are cultivating an inquiry-based, social justice-centered, culturally responsive, tech-supported, and inclusive learning environment. He's aiming to queer science education and create an environment where students find affirmation in who they are and know that despite feeling uncertain or certain about the future, that love, curiosity, and the ability to adapt can help each of us live as our most authentic selves. As always, I hope you share this episode with friends, like, comment, subscribe, you know the drill by now. And we thank you again for joining us. Enjoy. Okay, Deuce fam, we are back again with the Deuce Racing Podcast. And, you know, I'm just going to call it out. I have a bias. I, I think I have a radar detector because I don't even know ahead of time for for choosing people who are born and raised in L.A., and uh, we have that again. So next week, we'll stop the streak. But for this week, we're going to keep <laughs> riding it. I'm here with Matt Fitzpatrick. Hello. Thank you for having me. And I think the first time we knew each other, we were working out for like three hours together yes. during Deuce performance. Yes. In like the hottest part of the day, multiple days in a row, and having the time of our lives, I believe. Really? Yeah. Really? And... The, now I, yeah, now I work out an hour and it's like, okay, that's enough. Oh, I look back on those days and I'm like, what were we doing? <laughs> we, we were kind of like college athletes, but way after college training, like we were professionals mm-hmm. and, uh, end of an era. Anyway, I digress. Matt, welcome. You typically take afternoon, evening classes. Typically. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like a four thirty guy. Four thirty is kind of my jam if at all possible. Yeah. And so morning people midday people i need you to meet this man i need you to learn about this man matt has a really cool background and so we're just gonna like kick it off uh from the start and make it easy of how did you find deuce and when did you start at deuce Ooh, that is easy i guess um well i've known kind of the 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 deuce fam for a while pre-deuce so i knew uh logan and danny from cfla days like way, way back in the CFLA days. Um, And I left CFLA at one point and they were kind of in the bluffs doing the the bluffs thing. 
and I was constantly like, yo, when are you, when are you opening that gym? Cause I don't like where I'm at or I'm looking to be with people I enjoy training with. And I don't even know, like numbers wise, how many years ago that was, but it's a really long time uh, ago. And once they uh, kicked off deuce, I uh, wrote out my membership wherever I was and then signed up in early days of deuce and been here ever since. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, we could almost say it was like before Deuce, BD yeah. and AD. <laughs> so in BD days. Yes, exactly, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And what was your, what was your background in training going into Deuce and, and leading up to that? I know you were a runner. I was a runner. So I ran cross country in high Still school. Still a runner. Let me fix that statement. I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd qualify myself as I, I run occasionally. I, I don't mind running. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Um, I'm not like an avid runner. Um, but, you know, I grew up running. Um, my stepdad was a big runner. Um, and I think I, the one, the first time I remember running was like at the Griffith Park. There was like a f- 5K and my dad, my stepdad ran it. And I was like, I want to do that. And I was like in like basketball shoes just there to like support and but you won no, no. <laughs> i remember it being very painful but i was like oh i kind of like that that was fun and that i guess sparked something so by the time i got to high school um i did not run freshman year but i ran every other year after that okay um, and really enjoyed it and cross country cross country both cross country only cross country i as i'm sure we'll get to during this i've worn a lot of hats so even in high school i was like you know we're laying the breadcrumbs right yeah, now i was like academics you know athlete for cross country but i also had like a job so like i kind of gave up some of my job during the fall when cross country was and really kind of leaned into it in the spring so i just did one sport in in high school but we didn't do any like weight training because back then you were like you're a runner right why are you gonna get heavier right like stay lean eat your pasta yes let's go just be fast and fly in the wind like don't put any weight on so we like i remember maybe twice going to the weight room okay um and then, you know, got to college, kind of did the whole, like, I got to do something, kept running a little bit. And then um, it's like, I'm just going to go to the gym and just, you know, Gold's Gym Venice for a while, doing my own thing, not really knowing what I was doing. And then fell into CrossFit and found the right people, found the right people for sure. Your yeah. husband, yeah. you know, well, yeah, boyfriend at the time, now husband. Yes. Uh, he, uh, he was at CFLA. Was and like, was he how you ended up going there? Yes. So he was doing so it. Cool. And I was like, I don't know if that's for me, but I, I guess I'll go. Yeah. And so just one day it was like a bring your friend type day. And I showed up and my first workout was Cindy. Oh my gosh. This is like fully baked adult. First formal <laughs> weight training just is Cindy, which yes. like is AMRAP 20, yeah. five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats. Yes. And I was just like, my hands are sweating talking about this. And I just didn't stop. Cause like, that's like the only thing I did at the gym prior, you know, prior mm-hmm. to CrossFit. So I was like, this is fun. I like this. And so I joined and, um, yeah, I've been hooked ever since and very fortunate to have kind of gotten to the group with Deuce. Cause you know, they're really intentional and they, you know, the, not just the coaches, but I think the, the, the community that's fostered is everyone has intention. Right. And we all do it in a way to like better ourselves, not just physically, but mentally and, we create these friendships and other things that kind of help drive what it is we're doing, which is very unique. I think. Totally. Yeah. And you have a lot going on. And so for you to stay committed to that, you know, you kind of like drank the Kool-Aid or whatever. Oh yeah. Like big pictures of Kool-Aid. You drank it. You added extra 
yeah. you know, extra mix, extra sweet. Yeah. Um, but to stay with it when you have a lot going on, juggling a lot of things, just got another degree, you know, recently started a new profession, right? Um, I know you've, you've always been that way though, like doing a lot of things at the same time. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll go reverse chronicle, chronological order. Flip it and reverse it, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> play the music i'm always like pull up the footage play the audio tracks this isn't joe rogan so let everyone know right now what it is that you do yeah. for work yeah well i'm, I'm a teacher uh, i teach high school uh science uh specifically um health um this year i will also be teaching some biology and then some physiology and anatomy as well so it's my third year teaching so i'm still very very green to the whole education landscape and all the intricacies that that entails mm -hmm. um you know i think i told you fun fact i've now officially taught more online than i have in person thanks to covid that's but, wild yeah uh, but prior really to, cool cool flex yeah i mean no. i guess <laughs> I, I, just yeah, it's like the saddest of flexes i think <laughs> um but you know it definitely exposes you know the core of teaching and relationships with teaching and you know whether it's online or in person that you have to kind of connect and you stayed with it when like you just got into it it all went online and you're still with it yeah you love it i love it i think it's great um you recently went on vacation to hawaii i'm i'm saying this you recently <laughs> went on vacation to hawaii yes and you were reading books specifically that you could introduce into the curriculum right like share a little more about yeah that. so it's kind of twofold um and i think this you know like you mentioned i recently got my master's degree um in education yeah, in the middle of the pandemic, you know, last year, May 2020. Um, and wow. so this is all kind of coming together as the world is doing its thing. Mm -hmm. um, and and so what I've kind of tried to do to continue my my growth and understanding, it's just not as a teacher, but, you know, as a person is, you know, kind of balance some reading for like personal enjoyment and like professional growth, but also like what can I do to, you know, provide other things for my students. So in Hawaii, you know, it's kind of balancing young adult um, novels, specifically um, queer young adults written by queer authors that have queer stories and characters and really getting those representations um, for my students mm -hmm. um, and kind of going back and forth between how can I um, be there for them from like an academic kind of knowledge standpoint, but also give them some ability to see themselves in things. But that's what I, I really admire about you because uh you're you're not like charging in like i'm gonna change the system but also you're not like content or satisfied or just like oh i'm just gonna comply with it is how it is like you took on this new profession right and i want to get into what you were doing before as sure. well um but also your passion for it like i remember when you came into the gym when it was like your first week of teaching and it was like freaking lightning like you talking about it in the kids and i just think it's so cool how uh, you're like, how could I not like try to keep developing and growing? And I think that's so much in line with what Deuce speaks about. You know, it's like a deliberately developmental organization. I think I got that right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think that's really cool. Well, I think it's it's nice that you don't think I'm being all like change the system because no, you definitely don't. I am. Well, okay. Well, then I'm doing then I'm doing it right because you know my intent is you know to be very particular and intentional with. You know, Let me I put do. it this way. It's not forceful. No, which is, you know, 
what's the saying? Something about bees and honey and flies or whatever. I'm really bad with insert that yeah, there. Whatever yeah. that is. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's really, um, been a great change, um, for myself and others. And like the reading thing, like selfishly, like I didn't have that representation growing up, right? I couldn't, you know, queer authors and stories were still very taboo and I'm only 36 and that wasn't a long time ago. And so, you know, selfishly, I get to read these stories and get a little bit of like, you know, teenage Matt being happy because yeah. it exists now. And, um, you know, I take that responsibility of being in a position now where I can create that platform for other students, for other people who are younger to see themselves. Um, and I take that, that part of it very, very seriously. Yeah. Um, and find that very important for sure. So cool about that though is it's, uh, and again, I'm not like trying to like pull out a flow chart of, of deuce <laughs> and, you know, deliberately de de developmental, but also like leadership there, right? Of, uh, you're not just like, okay, I'm going to change the system and here are the books we're going to do, but like transcend and include, like I'm going to read them. Yeah. Now I've understood it. Now I'm going to share it with you. And what I think is really interesting, and maybe this is again, my bias, but you know, like pedagogy, teaching style, there's an art to layering all these things. Absolutely. And I think your experience uh, juggling a lot of things like jobs, and I want you to talk about like going through college and switching schools and yeah. and how much work you used to be doing at the same time um, and what you were doing and how that's impacted maybe your appreciation and, and you know, your passion for what you're doing now. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was, I'm going to go back. If we're going to flip it again, I'll start from kind of yeah. the high school. You know. We write the script yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I went to, I was fortunate enough to go to a really good public high school. Um, it was in a small community, so it felt very private here in Southern California, um, but public nonetheless, and it was very good um, and had a wonderful experience and then kind of went to college. And I didn't know, I think like most people, like I was like, what, do I, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you kind of get fed this narrative of like, well, you got to figure it out the first year. Like, what class are you taking? What are you majoring in? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? Right. And it's like, what's the in-between? Yeah. Can somebody guide me <laughs> yeah. into how I figure that out? Yeah. Like, I know things I don't want to do, but I don't know things that I do want to do yet. Mm -hmm. Or at least not specific enough to really go pursue it. So, you know, I did community college, went to Moorpark Community College, ended up at uh, Santa Monica City, which was also a great uh, stepping stone. And then um, I was like, I love science. And I, you know, that kind of fostered in high school as well, but um, ended up looking at some potential opportunities there, found this really great program. Cause you know, at the time, you know, having a running background, uh, finding some ways to incorporate and continue to incorporate fitness in my life. I was like, how do I, you know, science and health and all mm -hmm. this stuff together. Um, founded a program at Cal State Dominguez Hills for uh, prosthetics and orthotics. Um, which okay. I was like, Oh, that's so a cool. thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, got admitted into that transferred, um, had a really great time doing that for, you know, the second half of my college experience there. Um, unfortunately had some things happen at the end where counselors didn't maybe tell me the specific order classes were supposed to be taken and prereqs. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And, um, so I couldn't go to, to the clinical, uh, portion of that. And would have had to have waited some time. It was just, it was a whole debacle. And, you know, during all of this, I have, you know, two jobs. I was a corporate trainer for a uh, very, at the time, up and coming restaurant, BJ's Restaurant and Brewery. Wow. So they would fly me around and open up the new restaurants. And 
So I was doing that while juggling college. And then when I was not traveling for them, I also worked at like Equinox or had another restaurant job or like was just doing a lot of things. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take the credits that I have and what can I graduate with? So I got a health science degree with a minor in biology and and naturally made a stepping stone to marketing and advertising where I spent 10 years uh, wow. pre- pre-teaching, yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know, it's a, it's a lot of hats. It's for crazy. Sure. Yeah. Do you find yourself to be someone who, uh, and I don't mean this as a yes, no question, but that's kind of how it's coming out right now. Of um, You like to be active and engaged in a lot of things. So I'm just, yeah, like having two jobs while doing work, was it, uh, was it split between like need and want or also, you know, like what drives you to keep taking on more roles? Um, yeah, so I think there's, I mean, there's a couple layers there. I think I've always been a type of person that, likes to be busy mm-hmm. and you know i think I, after plenty of reflection over my, my lifetime so far is that you know that that need or want to feel busy or to be busy stems from a lot of things right when i was younger in high school when i wasn't out um you know that need to feel busy or be busy helped me not feel like i was going to be found out right i could hide behind other things outcome based where other things there's like external orientation of mm-hmm. oh well if i'm successful here based on this thing yes yes and it also gave in my mind people less opportunity to try to figure out you know you. you know when you're not out and um, at least for me my experience was that you know everyone's trying to figure out what your secret is whether they know you have a secret or not like that's just internally you you know i knew i was different and didn't quite know how to verbalize that um and you know really just wanted to keep myself busy because if i was busy maybe i didn't i personally didn't have to think about it as much um but also it gave people less opportunity to in my mind to think about it as much you're like i look at me doing these roles so you can't look at me exactly well and how long did that take or maybe not how long did that take but at what point in your life did that shift and you were like no i am gonna speak yeah um that's a really or I'm going to stop maybe hiding. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, and I, I would say, if I'm being fully honest with myself, that that shift probably didn't start to happen until maybe within the last five or six years, like, wow. you know, in my 30s. Um, there's a lot of... I don't even want to call it baggage. There's a lot of things that but it, you know, happened. it happens, yeah. right? And, you know, everyone has their own story. Like, I'm not here to be like, you need to come out at this age or you need to do that. Everyone's different. And we all have our own experiences that, you know, transpire and get built upon and make us who we are and, you know, influence the people that surround us. And um, I had a lot going on. And, you know, it takes time to kind of look at those different things piece by piece and understand what they meant then, what they mean to you now. And then not how be do you frustrated go? at your former self for totally. behaving as you did. Yeah. Or like not being angry at people for, you know, what they did or didn't do because, you know, they didn't know. I didn't know. And so you, you kind of have to work through all of that. But I think from the work ethic part of it or the kind of needing to feel busy, yeah. you know, I think that just became a part of who I was is I liked to be busy. You know, my brain works really fast and like problem solving like I, it, if it's, there was it's a deuce like mensa club you'd for sure be in it and i'd be like knocking on the door like guys can i try out and you're like 
No, sorry. Well, what I'm hearing here, and, and I'm just being silly, <laughs> but I hear this uh, really beautiful like awareness of yourself and how you've grown. And also this like, um, there's part of you that feels very compelled to like pay it forward and like share it, you know, because it's one thing to just like be aware of what you went through and now how you can navigate your life and what feels like you know, a more constructive or really just more peaceful way. Yeah. Um, but how cool now that you're all these experiences, you know, that have accumulated and shifted and pivoted throughout your career. Like now you're teaching, now you're in a position where you can change the curriculum, um, where you can share your story and you can make it safer for other people to share their story. Um, you know, like what, what is that? What is that like? Does it feel like you finally found your, like your vocation, your calling, your... Yeah, I, absolutely. I think, you know, COVID's definitely been strange in the 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 ramping up into teaching. But it, yeah, I know I definitely feel that way. I feel like I found a space where um, it's not about me, right? It's about my students. It's about uh, the environment that they're in. Um, it's me being able to look back at the, you know, the early education that I had that I was mm -hmm. fortunate to have and know that it exists, that it can happen and it can happen in, in a public schooling situation and realizing that it just takes time and effort and intention and uh, commitment yeah. and authenticity, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not just like going in there and, you know, I teach health, like, you know, we all, we all took health hopefully or, or some version of it. And I'm sure everyone's mind goes to like sex ed. Right. But like going back to like middle <laughs> school. Yeah. Middle school. What was it? FLE or yeah. Like, you know, you had a, at the time it was like a permit permission slip from your parents to go. Right. right? Um, but like, you know, getting that opportunity to in that context of whether it's sex ed or mental health or substance abuse or a, a variety of things that nutrition things that we talk about. These are things that I can at least come to it with a, a passion and understanding from, from having been around it for a really long time and having some personal experience to get to share some of that and, you know, really allowing students to see themselves, see opportunity, not feel um, ashamed of who they think they might be or who they know they are. Um, to give what, what do you think the biggest shift there that you're bringing forward is that's different from how it, how it was? I'm an open book, right? Even with my students. I mean, obviously there's, there's a line, right? Um, but when it comes to talking about who I am as a person and, or helping them self actualize who they are as people, right? You have honest conversations, right? You give them space to think about and to know and to um, ex not experience, but you know, maybe experience through story um, or through other voices, you know, what things are like. And so, you know, if they ask me if I'm married, I say, yeah, this is my husband. And like, I don't shy away from that. You know, you get plenty of teachers, old school teachers, I would assume that, you know, that don't even say that they're married, right? They, they will not talk about their personal life. They won't, you know, do any of that. You know, mm -hmm. I share, you know, music is a huge part of my classroom. And, you know, I'm basically, you know, a 16 year old kid when it comes to music. 
Um, so, you know, we listen to similar things. And, and you like, do you want to tell people about what you like to do with music? Because you share music with your students a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, it's a way to connect with them. Absolutely. So it's, I kind of have like two, two tracks when it comes to music. Not tracks as in like only two songs, but like two ways of thinking of music. Two approaches. Two approaches. Yeah. And so one approach is like there's the stuff that I like, right, that they may not know because it's not, you know, top 40 on a TikTok background or whatever right now. Um, and it's older music, things that I think are important and cool. You know, I actually teach at a school that has a really great music program. So there's already kind of this interest of music and, you know, understanding it yeah, more. Yeah, you can and like bigger. capitalize on that. Totally. Yeah. And so there's the stuff that I like and that I share that I kind of like sprinkle, you know, when they come to class, you know, the, the you, you play a song as they join. Robin Thicke, Lost Without You. That was all last week, Kimmy, for you. Um, oh, gosh. I don't think I've played that one um, at, at, in class yet. 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 We'll, we'll, cons- we'll, 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 we'll consider adding it to the rotation. Um, you know, while, while they're working, it's not just working in silence. You know, there's music on, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, nothing without lyrics or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can be a variety of music. But what I also do to connect with students is, you know, I do this survey at the beginning of every semester um, where they have an opportunity to tell me their interests. What are they interested in? And one of the questions that I ask them deals with music and the styles of music they like, the artists they like. And so I have playlists for my different classes. So if they like the music that we're playing in class or they just want to know what their fellow students Mm -hmm. or classmates are listening to. Um, they're on Spotify. I give them the links to them. They can go check out and they like, it gives them exposure. They're like, Oh, I didn't realize so other kids were listening to this. And Spotify is a game changer because then it recommends things. Yeah. It shifts what you, you're, but what I love about this is that like you're, there's this strength in giving other people space. Mm-hmm. You can't force it on them. No. And it really does take someone who's aware and really eager to like, invite people in to have the experience you know that's like really special and harder easier said than done to give people space oh absolutely right like you know i think we've talked about this before you know i've especially with kids especially with kids but i've always been and if you know me you're going to be like you're totally lying this is not you but like i'm not the center of attention i'm like sit back i listen i just kind of observe and then when i get to know people like i open up and do that whole thing but like and so I think yeah, having- he was sitting in the corner for three hours before we started. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but I think, you know, having been that way my whole life, especially as a kid, not wanting people to find out more of who, you know, who I was and dealing with, I kind of come at it from that angle of like, that's a great point. You don't know what, what people are experiencing, adults or children. Yeah. And so you kind of have to give that space for them to process and think and just be right. There's nothing wrong with, giving space and um not forcing someone to make a decision on the spot just because that's what you want because it's not that may not be what they need and that like that's hard like in a lot of ways i i think of it similar to pacing or even like Mm -hmm. lifting weight like you can go heavy for you know three to five singles but what is it like when you're going like 10 to 12 reps and you need to be patient now or the difference between sprint and you don't have to think about pacing versus like go run a mile or go run two miles and 5k yeah. uh if you sprint like that's not going to work out so well i also think what's cool is um in you know sharing with everybody that you're like i'm an open book you know and so that's kind of like the standard that you're setting there's also this maybe like subtle uh you know 
not renegotiating, but just really expanding what's acceptable or what's like comfortable to talk about mm -hmm. in like versus like there are things we can't talk about and there are things like we can talk about. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just see it as like, you know, this line of like discomfort versus comfort and you've been doing so much your whole life and you've been training a lot throughout your life yeah. of is it is any of it really like off limits is any of it really that uncomfortable you know and, and what shows up when it comes to connecting with like students of that line that you've approached yeah i mean i think when it comes to students it's you know the obvious like it's not an overshare right it's it's not like not that I do this, but it's not like, you know, I'm going out and getting wasted on the weekends and here's what I like. It's not, a, it's nothing. This was my outfit guys. Yeah. This like, was my bill. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's nothing like no. that for sure. Um, you know, it's a very, you know, they're still, they're still minors. I'm an adult, yes. right? There is that boundary. Like I am in a position of power, um, to influence them, to, you know, to be a role model, to do all of those things. And so me modeling what I would hope other people would do or be or act in any situation is kind of my standard for absolutely for that. And then when it comes to, you know, everyday life, people at the gym, you know, you know, people out and about in, in, you know, in society, it's like, yeah. you know, I give people an opportunity, right? Everyone has a chance. You know, we don't all live the same lives, right? I tell this to my students many times throughout the years, like, you know, even today, right? You and I had a very different experience just today, right? We, woke yeah. up at different times we did different things we maybe ate different breakfasts or didn't have breakfast like everything right. about our existence in just the last 12 hours has been entirely different so you can't expect everyone to be what you want them to be um immediately or mm -hmm. frequently you have yeah. to give that space and so i try to do that i'm maybe not the best at it uh when it comes to adults because i do expect that like i don't know like treat people like you want to be treated right like yeah it's a very simple and even sometimes at, at Deuce, you know, it's like written in gold on the wall, yeah. hold the standards. So sometimes I feel a little spoiled by the population of people that are there. And if I leave the, leave the bubble, you know, it's like not everybody operates like maybe we do at Deuce with, with certain standards and all that. And so, yeah, it does, it does take space or it does take time to kind of process you know, at the end of the day, what are you uniting this group of people for? Sure. Where's the context there? And this is like, we're here to learn, you know? Yeah. And so there's that versus we're all together, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like a couple of things you just said is like, I think you have to, you have to take up space. Yes. Right. Um, and that looks different for many different people, but, and that's not to say that you have to be the center of attention, but you have to be authentically you and take up your space because yeah, and be willing to show different sides of yourself as well. Not just one. Yeah. And it, it, well, yes, yes. And, uh, I think it's the, you know, the improv, the, the, yeah, uh, the, you know, the idea of acceptance, right? Like, yeah, I don't need people to accept me. I don't necessarily even want people to accept me because I am who I am. And so you're either going to take it or you're going to leave it. Um, I hope that you like it. I hope that it's, you know, I'm not being a jerk or, you know, doing any of the, the negative things. But at the end of the day, like, especially when it comes to things that might be more uncomfortable for others, whether it's a queer experience or understanding, you know, uh, what it's like to have all of these things as a child that you're hiding from somebody, right? Um, you learn that, like, the only person that you need to worry about accepting you is you. And you, you move from that and you find that you find that space to take up. 
and then the right people and the right communities and the right things end up finding their way to you um, as long as you're consistent as long as you're holding that's that that authenticity yeah totally well i just want to say you make people feel comfortable you know just like showing up as you are and the cool thing is it's nice to know maybe behind the scenes that uh you know there's an intent to that yeah but also that like that's accessible for everybody just like you can get stronger yeah you can also you know show up as yourself just a little bit more and it it makes other people feel safer i wish i was a student in your class like (laughs) i that would be so fun i get that sometimes i'm like i don't sure you're like maybe take that back (laughs) (laughs) so where from here what what are your your next goals um with school and also you know maybe with fitness because we haven't even talked that much about fitness and I love that. We don't, we don't need to. Um, but one thing that often comes up with, you know, this podcast is just kind of speaking about how training, uh, has kind of like evolved throughout your life. Yeah. And for a lot of people, it's, it's really just this anchor of health that kind of like, if you feed that, it nourishes all other, you know, parts of your life. Yeah. I feel like that, that definitely resonates with me. Right. Um, you know, exercising, running especially running when i was younger was an escape right mm. it was a way you know, get that runner's high and just kind of get lost in your thoughts and you know think about the what ifs of the world and oh, yourself you yeah know, like yeah. It, it's amazing um and you know that's definitely evolved over time you know early days crossfit i think everyone or most people kind of get bit with the like i'm gonna i want to be as strong as i can be and i've never been the person where like i'm in a crossfit class and if the coach is like trying to yell at me to to motivate me to like go faster and lift heavier. I'm like, that's not my thing. I need you to just kind of like chill. Say hi. Hi. Like you're doing great. Like I'm very much, like you said, the pacing aspect of it. Yes. You know, that's evolved over time. I enjoy, you know, I've done, uh, Beanie with you. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I remember. The amount of shaking I did. You stayed in all three minutes though. Yeah, it was. You're judging yourself. He did a good job. No, it was, it was difficult. It, what was difficult is that Ryan crushed it. Yes. Like, effortless yes. and now you guys have a sauna we do if i'm correct yes so we have a tub but it doesn't get we don't have an ice machine so it's not like it gets i'll, I'll bring you ice okay ice party yes um you know done b and e i've done um um gpp for forever at deuce i did uh, uh strongman um back in the day which is a lot of fun gymnastics gymnastics yes so it's just like i think at this point it's just finding ways to get better like i i have no intention of like going to the CrossFit Games or like competing. It's just, you know, what am I doing to... You're a student of it. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. And what about for school? Um, You know, where do you, where do you go from here? I mean, the only way is up, right? Um, You know, I'm I'm excited to get back. Lay the Cardi B (laughs) up track. (laughs) Um, I think... You know, I'm just really excited to get back into the classroom. You know, that's the goal right now. We go back in a couple of weeks. So just excited. It gives me like butterfly, butterflies in my stomach just thinking about it. There's yeah. something about walking back at the beginning of the school year. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's yeah. the same as when you were a student, right? You, yes. You're like, what do I do? What do I wear the first day of school? Yes. Like, what are they going to think about How am me? I going to decorate my classroom? Yeah, all of that stuff. You know, how are you going to decorate the classroom with CDC guidelines? <laughs> like it's, <laughs> right. you know, um, but, you know, really excited for that. Um, I'm, I'm really focused on, um, finding more queer representation in what I teach. Um, so science, um, 
health especially health for a really long time um kind of had this this slant when it came to all health topics whether it was for uh queer folks or non-queer folks is that you know don't have sex otherwise you know you're gonna get sti everything was very negative right everything is you're gonna die you're gonna die right it's very mean girls when it comes to that right and what's the in between yeah and so we also have to talk about like responsibility that you know there's there's also hope and joy when it comes to queer topics everything isn't doom and gloom um you you can talk about negative aspects but you can you also need to talk about um what it means to persevere what it means as a community of people to go throughout hardships and come together and find ways to thrive and to survive and to be out in the world and to express yourself. And so whether that's kind of on a more personal stuff with all my health curriculum, yeah, or if like, you know, in a biology class, you know, you're highlighting queer researchers, you're, you're bringing up things, you're setting it in a context that the students can see themselves um, alongside all the other types of people For in sure. the world, right? You have to find that balance because we're not one dimensional, right? We all have different things that make us up and you just kind of have to give voice and space, take up space where space previously had not been given. Yeah, and I love that because it's like, it's such a constructive approach versus maybe just complaining about what you don't like, yeah. you know? And it's just, it's really bringing out more acceptance for everyone and you're leading that. Thanks, and I think it's that's, exciting. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you. Anything you want to add? No. Hi, mom. You know, maybe throw in. A, no. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Um, thank you so much for coming and speaking. And I was nervous talking to you because you're so smart. You're oh, very well spoken. It. And well, thank you. And I think what's really cool about how you show up is that even with uh, your background and experiences in education. Um, you just show up in such a like warm way that's not intimidating. And it's a really, sometimes I don't think we talk about that enough in leadership, like to just be so human is like kind of the best way to invite people in. Yeah, well, thank you. Just yeah. Trying to be more human every day. Well, you're awesome. Well, I thanks. hope you get some bar muscle ups in soon because you crush <laughs> them. Maybe some box jumps too, rebound. And uh, that's all we got for today. Awesome. So. Matt, thank you again. Thank you, Kimmy. And it's always weird signing out, but guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.